So does your career energize you with life or does it drain you? Recent Gallup polls show that a whopping 70% of us feel disengaged in the workplace. There's just gotta be a better way. Welcome to our authentic careers where it is my job to uncover the ideas and strategies that can help you become better aligned with your career. I'm your host, Gert Sabar, and I interview people like you and me about the twists and turns in their career paths so that we can all achieve greater clarity, meaning, and fulfillment in ours. So towards the end of this week's conversation, my guest makes a pretty piercing observation, and it is this. It didn't matter what I wanted to be. I just wanted to make her happy. And by her, Brenda Hartson was referring simply to her mom, a woman who had given her so very much and whom she loved so very deeply. Brenda's purpose in life, at least early on in her career, was to make her mom proud. That was, in hindsight, her very mission. And I really appreciate Brenda being so forthright about that because I think she successfully puts into words a reality that many of us struggle to verbalize especially when it comes to our careers. And that is that those who raise us have a deep and profound impact on how it is we go about our careers. And on a very basic level, which Brenda lays bare for us to see, that impact starts with our desire to reciprocate the love that we've been given and oftentimes to somehow also pay off the sacrifices that our parents had to make. But therein also lies a challenge because to the extent that we feel the need to reciprocate, to the extent that we feel that we are somehow indebted, that is often the extent to which I think we are at risk of losing our own North Star or even identifying it to begin with. That struggle is real, and I'm tremendously grateful to Brenda Hartson for giving us a front row seat to hers. All right. Awesome. So firstly, thank you. Um, thank you for agreeing to do it. I really appreciate it. No problem. Um, and I guess my first question for you is, do you ever think about the concept of purpose or mission or what it is that you're meant to be doing here on this planet? Always. You know, it's always when you had a, when I'm at a depressed moment and feeling like I should be doing more in life and then I start questioning and asking God, like, what is my purpose? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm running to those moments a lot because I'm the type of person, um, oh gosh, I could do so many things and I get bored fast. So I switch to something else and something else. And so it kind of gets frustrating when you switch a lot and you, you don't have that stability. And that means you lose a lot of, um, benefits yep. when you, when you change like that. So then when you look back on your life and you're like, oh, gosh, I, I should have stuck something out. And then it's like, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be because I, I, I always like to try different stuff. And once I accomplish it, accomplish it, I end up moving on to something else. Right. You know, so I'm always, what, I'm, what am I supposed to be doing with this life? Like, is this as far as I'm supposed to go? Or am I supposed to be one of those type of people that just drift and do things here and there and here and there and here and there? But I actually think I found my purpose. Um I, 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 I want to believe I have. I just have to stay focused and see it through. And are you able to share that with us? Well, two things. One, I thought I was supposed to be a writer. Yep. Because when I think back when I was a child, um, I've always found, I keep stumbling on writings that I had since I was a kid. Yeah. 
And then I found a, a certificate where um, when I was in the ninth grade, I won the best written play. Right. So I said, okay, and I've always enjoyed writing, so I believe that that is something maybe I was supposed to be doing. But growing up, um, as I did, I didn't have that influence or anyone to push or ask me, what do you want to be in life, and, and then try to push me in that direction. And coming from our generation, my parents you were taught that, you know, you need to graduate from high school so you can get out and get a job. It was not college. You know, it was not further your education. Um, it was mentioned, but it wasn't pushed, and it wasn't, you know, instilled in you like that. So that's why I didn't, I guess I didn't get, uh, find out that I, I how much I love to write um, until later. Yep. <laughs> and then my other one is kind of crazy, but I always have visions of healing people. I want to, yeah. I don't know, I, like I want to touch somebody and be able to heal them. I always wanted to do that. So when you, um, first of all, can I ask you, what is it that you do today? Today I'm working at um, Register Recorder, the County Register Recorder's Office for election time. It is a temporary job. Yep. And it's for the election. And I used to work with them off and on um, uh, back, started in 1979. And I haven't worked with them since 1992, I believe was the last time I worked with them. But um, I'm, I'm doing that now with them currently. Um, I did write a book not too long ago, and it could be a successful book if I just stick to promoting it or finding the ways that how to promote myself because, uh, you know, I had a lot of people give me great feedback, uh, and it's on Amazon right now. What What's the book about? Um, it's about two young girls who become correctional officers. They, um, they were best friends, and uh, they decided that they needed a job with benefits you know, um, in life. And so they stumbled on the correctional officer position. They went forward, um, and they started working in the prison, but they ended up turning it into a prostitution ring. So there's a lot of love, mystery, murder, and deception that takes place in the book. It's kind of uh, urban, but then again, it's not, it's, um, it's erotic. And then again, it's not. So it's, it's, it's a good love story too. It's a, a great story. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, let me ask you this question from one other angle. Are you today in your career where you thought you would be when you were younger? No. What did you, no. what did you think and where are you in comparison? Nowhere near. I've always thought as a kid that I would be a nurse. Yep. Because when I was um, a kid, I've always, want, you know, was always playing nurse. But then when I got into high school, I actually took a nursing program and I graduated and I loved it, and I also took nursing when I was pregnant with Ricky. I was going for LVN. Yep. <laughs> and I also graduated from Institute of Medical Studies. So um, I've always thought that the medical field was probably, and that's probably where I get that healing thing from. Yeah. Just like in the, you know, make people better. Walk us back a little bit. What? So you went, you, you did that um, when you were mm -hmm. pregnant. What happened next after you got your degree? Well, I didn't get my degree. It was um, it was a trade school, and yep. it was called uh, Institute of Medical Studies. Okay. And I was doing, it was time to do in a little internship at the Veterans Hospital. And I just had Ricky, and I was so excited that I wanted to go, you know, back to class. And so I did, like, I had her, and the next day I went to school. So I was open, um to early to go 
going to a medical floor like that, and I kind of I caught uh, what is it the where I'm more susceptible to catching tuberculosis because of going back like that. And then, I, but I had got sick and I had to stop um, the class. And so when I did, I, I just kind of got disinterested and fell off. Yeah, got it. And so if you if you walk us back further back to your childhood, so you said you you always wanted to be a nurse. Uh-huh. How does that how does that compare to this idea of writing? When you think about those two two things, being a nurse and and being a writer, does one have a different sort of feeling of excitement or just feeling in general surrounding it? The writing has more excitement um because like I said I was writing since I was a kid. I I used to write little poems all the time. I wrote my own will like twice in my life when I was in junior high and when I was uh, graduated from high school. It's kind of crazy. I was like, you know, said, oh, I'll give this to my niece and this to that and this to my mother. And, and then I just went on with this long story about my mother. And then I started writing a sto- uh, my mother's life story. Right. So more joy. Because I'm a people person and I'm very um, affectionate that um, – the medical field just does something to me when wanting to heal people, you yep. know. So you had this big interest in writing growing up. Were there other ways that you tried to nurture it in school or outside of school throughout the years? Once in school, I did. Um, I wrote and I gave um, my poem to the school newspaper. And I did want to write for the school newspaper, but they had someone that was doing that. And um, um, a guy who was who, who had, had the position, you know, from the 10th grade to the 12th grade, so he wasn't budging. Yeah. Uh, but I did um, give him my point to put in the paper, and then a, a young man who was um, liking me that I didn't know, didn't know how to show that he liked me, he took and tore my point up. He was just being what boys do when they don't uh-huh. know how to say they like you. Right. So, um <laughs> I, but that was about as close as the interest is that I did want to write for our school newspaper and I, I wanted to give my poems to them. Yep. Um, like I said, I didn't have anyone to tell me that, wow, you're good at this. This is something you should try to pursue as, you know, in writing and, and then tell me that the, the courses to take, you know, are to make sure you do good in English so that, you know, your, your grammar and all that stuff. But no one, I had never had that. Got it. And then walk me back again when it comes to nursing. When did that first come into your field division? Like, when did you first decide? How far back as a child can you remember thinking about this idea of nursing? I would say probably about six years old. Oh, wow. Really early. I used to, yeah, I used to, um, I was a big Barbie fan. So I would always, when I played with my Barbies, I always had to have a doctor and a nurse. Uh-huh. I remember when I was uh, young, I can't remember the age, but I remember telling my mom on Christmas that I wanted um, like a, I wanted the, a little play set, the little nursing play set, yep. doctor play set. So I've always always loved it. And then when I got into high school, I guess is when I got more focused on I want to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse. And so when they had this program, um, in the morning we had class, nursing class in the classroom. We learned how to take temperatures, pulse, respiration, um, how to measure, you know, cc's of fluid and things like that. And so the second part was we got a chance later on in the day to go to County USC Medical Center and work as candy stripes. So when we got over to the hospital, the two nurses, they were twin sisters. They were the block sisters. 
they would hold class downstairs in the auditorium at the hospital first before we go out on the floor. And so um, that was really exciting for me. I got to see a lot, but I got hurt when I saw a lot of babies that were deceased and how they disposed of them. And I just was so hurting. But um, that I, I just had that interest in, I think it came more so I would say in high school. Yep, got it. If the opportunity to go back to nursing today was presented to you, would that be of interest? It would to a certain degree. I would only, I'm only hesitant because um, my age uh-huh. um, and all these crazy diseases and sickness and people getting stab infection in the hospital. Where patient not get that? So, right. <laughs> just, uh, I, I think I think I would though. I think I would. Can I ask you what um, what did your parents do? My mother was a cook, a range cook for Los Angeles City College for 30 years. She became a head cook there. Uh huh. And my father was a, um, he worked in the laundry at the USC Medical Center. And what kind of um, impact would you say they had on your sort of career trajectory or the decisions you've, you've made throughout the years? Wow. Well, my dad passed away when I was eight, so okay. he, he didn't get a chance to have any type of influence. Yep. Um, my mom, the thing about it is that um, I just wanted to always have a job because I felt like I didn't want to ever um, be a burden on her because she worked so hard. I just knew that graduating was very important. Um, only I felt it was important for me to give it to her, not for myself. Right. Um, because... I, I never wanted to hurt her. I remember um, I was ditching one day, and the dean told my mother. Right. And my mother, she was crying. And it just blew me away that she was crying just because I ditched. Right. <laughs> and so I, I, I felt so bad that she was so hurt behind that. And I felt like, you know, she told me all I, all I ever wanted from you was to give me a diploma, and you do what you want to do with your life. I, I I got it together, and I actually graduated with extra fifteen credits, and but I, and I and I gave her that, and I was very proud that I gave her what she wanted because she had eleven children, and um, wow. a lot of them did not graduate, and so um, some of us did, and some some of us didn't, and so she just felt like she needed that from me, and I felt I owed that to her because, again, my mother worked very very hard all her life. She was abused, yeah. um, you know, as a, a child. And so um, she, um, all she ever wanted was family, and she was the best mother that a person can have because out of all 11 of us, all of our, we have a lot, we all have our own friends. And so all of our friends got attached to our mother. Yeah. She would feed, feed any and everybody. You're all welcome at her home. So, and I know she worked hard, and, and working hard is a result of uh, her illnesses that yeah. started taking on, taking a toll on her. So I just wanted to just, work and just make her proud of me. I just want to work and make her proud of me. Yeah. yeah. Um, on a scale of 0 to 10, let's say where 0 is a total non-issue and 10 is a big, dark, gloomy shadow, how, how big a shadow would you say that financial considerations have had over your career path to date? Yeah, 10. Because if I was financially able, I would invest in myself with my writing. 
And I feel that my writing, um, from the feedback and the, just in general, I just feel like, I feel like I can be a great writer. I really yeah. do. Uh, someone offered to buy actually my uh, book to, they wanted to turn it into a movie. Oh, really? So, wow. Yeah. But the minute um, I, I turned them on to my attorney, because I had a friend that's an attorney who used to work for Hollywood Records, uh, which goes through Disney, and the people who wanted the book, they were getting funding from someone through Disney. So when they saw who my attorney was, they was like, oh, they thought that I didn't have an attorney that was going to like give me anything. Right. So, which, it would have been okay. I just really wanted more of the credit. Yep. You know, to be attached to it, so if it ever blowed up, then I, I, it opens more doors for me versus having the money. Of Sometimes course. money is not all important. In the music industry, your points and your credit is, you know? Yep. Brenda, thinking back on your life and career to date, and, and thinking back about your friends, family, and colleagues, is there a particular piece of advice or counsel that they've come consistently come up to you for? People always come to me. I'm like a magnet. Uh-huh. For what? They always come to me for advice, counseling. My son's father, uh, he just acts like he can't function without we're not in a relationship like that, but he always comes to me like, cause I, we were best friends. So he still wants that best friend relationship. Yep. So he always comes to me for advice. He always comes to me like, what do you think about this? Uh, he, cause he's in the music industry. He's a, a platinum producer. Yep. And so, yeah, he did. People always come to me for everything. They, they wear me out actually. Yeah. And, and is, and if, when you, and when you think about what it is that they're coming to you for, is there a particular reason that they're coming to you? Well, I'm, I've been told by um, pe- by some people that um, they say you just have this aura about you uh-huh. that that just you know I just feel like I can tell you any and everything. So I don't know. There's just some aura they say um, yeah. I have about me. You know, um, I guess my personality. Um, I'm an open personality. I'm very friendly and um, e- easy to talk I'm always to. Yeah, yeah, and always consoling people. You know, like I said, I don't like people hurting me. So would you say that they're mostly coming up to you to be a sounding board for them? To to help them, you know, just to to hear them out and and just uh, give them kind counsel? Yes, people, a lot of people always think that um, that they look up to me like, um, you know, as if I'm really successful, you know, that I'm smart, that I got it going on, and I'm like, wow, really? How come I don't see that? <laughs> yeah. But they, all, they always look up, to, look up to me like, you know, you're 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 you know, you're the greatest. Um, I'm always involved in mentoring kids. That always end up happening too, because I've mentored um, a couple of uh children before. Yep. And some of my friends who said the kids always want to talk to you. You ought to come back and work with me because they open up to you more. You know, but my own kids don't, but other kids, my, my, my own kids, they do open up to me. I, I must say they do, but not as much as stranger kids, you know. Right. Got it. And so, Brenda, what do you make of this um, idea that uh, you, the way you just described it, which is they see me as really successful. So what do you what do you make of that distinction that they're seeing you one way and you're seeing yourself totally differently? Well, because I I know that I struggle, you yep. know, and I know that I'm not where I need to be or want to be. And I guess they're looking at, because once before I worked in the music industry, so 
So a lot of people thought like, wow, that's cool. You know, she's working with Michael Jackson and his father and she's made it, Yep. you know. And then um, my son's father, you know, he's always asking me for advice pertaining to the music industry. And he, he just thinks that I, I have a knack for just knowing, automatically knowing things like that. Um, and other people also, it's just like, um, because I worked so many jobs and did so many things in my life, they all look at like, you can do anything. Like, all the jobs I've ever had, I've never, ever been fired. Yep. And so people always say, God, you get to work in office. You can do anything. You can go in there and talk and be a receptionist, a secretary, a personal assistant. You can get out here gardening and do landscaping. And you can just can do anything. So they look at me like, I'm successful. And I'm like, you can't be successful unless you have, you've made money and you've, um, you know, this is something you locked in, you know, you locked into, and I'm not locked into anything, no one thing. So I'm like, how come they look at me like I'm successful? Because a lot of people just tell me, well, because they, they could never do that. How could you do that? Like, my neighbors used to, um, their husbands were always admiring me because I would do gardening. I'm out there, and they would say, I wish my wife could do that. So the women would come and say, you know, how, how do you think that I can just push the lawnmower and cut the weeds and climb over the gate and you just do all that stuff. You know, my husband is looking at me like, why I can't do that. <laughs> I actually admire you that you, you know, you're a single parent and you just over here, just got the yard looking beautiful and you just, you doing, we have to hire a gardener. We doing, and I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I could do it. And so I'll do it. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. That's interesting. So, um, what I'm hearing you say though is that it sounds like they may have a different measure of success. Yeah. Than you do. Pretty much. Yes. You mentioned working with Michael Jackson, working with his father. Where where did that fit in? Given that you were either you know you had this interest in writing and you had this interest in nursing, where where did something like that come in? Well, that comes along with the many things that I keep changing careers. Yep. So it was. Um, in 1984, I graduated from um, paralegal school. Yep. And I really love that, and I wish that that was another thing that I could have followed through because actually, you know, you it, it required uh, writing. You had to, you know, um, go legal, do legal research, and you had to put a case together, yep. and which is another form of writing. And so... Um, uh, and I loved it so much, but the teacher we had, she was working for an attorney, and she was having us do the legal research on the side for her, acting like it was our class assignment, but she was <laughs> benefiting off of it. But she ended up just walking away with this job, and she never, we were never warned or anything. And so next in the class, we was coming to class for like three weeks without a teacher. And um, then the, the school closed down, and then they, they, so we were out of school for another additional two weeks until they got another location open. So by this time, it was time for me to graduate. So they just gave us diplomas and send us on our way, and I was really upset that I had to end up paying back a financial loan for that and that I didn't feel like I learned what I should have learned. You know, but um, so my internship was to do with an attorney my last three weeks in order to receive my certificate. So I happened to know a friend that was selling tickets to the fights in Las Vegas for Don King. They were scalping tickets. So I used to always buy tickets, my husband and I, from this guy. So he, he, the guy one day told me, hey, why don't you go up there and get the tickets because I can't make it. I trust you. I'm going to send you up here. But he never told me whose office it was. Yep. So when I went up there and I found out it was Michael Jackson's father's office because he and Don King worked together a lot. Yep. 
So um, I got the tickets, and then the lady was like, oh, you dress really nice. What do you do for a living? I said, well, I'm actually graduating from paralegal school. I just have to do three weeks with an attorney, and then they'll have my certificate. She said, well, we have an attorney. You can go and do it with him. So she called him. He said, sure. So I went upstairs, and I did the internship with him, and then they were in the middle of doing the victory tour, so they needed someone to help count tickets, and so they had me come down. I started counting tickets, and next thing I ended up being a, a receptionist. Then I ended up being... Um, uh, music coordinator, which while the music that come in the office, I had to screen it. And then I end up being his, Mr. Uh, Jackson's personal assistant. And then a couple of times I had to go out of town for Michael yeah. on some business. So that's how I got into that industry. And then from that point on, I stayed in the music industry all the way till uh, the year 2000 uh, when I became pregnant with my last child. So let me ask you this. So when you're doing that type of work, and you're getting sucked into that work, what happens in your mind? Are you thinking about, are you at that point at all thinking about nursing? Are you at that point at all thinking about writing? Neither. 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 No. That's why I know I'm a very confusing person for you to be. No, totally fine. You're interviewing right now. <laughs> um, because, I, you know, they always say, you're a jack of all trades, you know, and they couldn't say I wasn't a master of none because I mastered everything I did. I just, would do it, and since I conquered it, I'm done. Yep. That's the way I was. And so at that point, when I was doing the music industry, um, it, it was a little exciting for me because it was different. I got to travel a lot. Yep. And um, so I was so wrapped into that that I didn't think about anything else. I didn't even think about how far I could go in this music industry. I just felt like because I have no experience, I'm, I'm just here on ground level, and I'm just thankful that they even let me in the door. Yep. You yep. know, but didn't realize my potential that um, I could have moved up if I had spoke up or if I had known, uh, show some interest in something and wanted to pursue it because anything I showed interest in, I noticed I could do it. Right. And so um, that's how I, I was actually moving up and didn't realize it when I became Mr. Jackson's personal assistant. And then um, I worked doing road management for Mickey Howard. Um, I uh, ended up doing concert promotions. I opened up my own little company where I was in, started being independent, where they was contracting me to come do um, concert promotions and um, to uh, do some artist development. So I was, you know, had my hand in a lot of that, and then I started doing showcases. So I felt like, oh, well, the music industry is the thing to be in right now. So I kind of stuck that out a little longer because I was independent and I was getting contracted to come in and do things and, you know, people who were opening up labels and do, you know. A couple more questions here. What would you consider to be the highlight of your career path to date? The highlight would be, uh, it would be the music industry because that's what I was in the longest. Yep. Yep. It would be the music. And my 16-year-old son, he's, he's trying to embark in the music and he and my nephew and they want me to manage them. They want me to get back in the industry and I'm having a hard time doing that because I'm just not feeling it. Yep. Because of where it is, you can't really make any good money. You know, you pretty much have to sell out of the truck of your car and show how much you sold in order for someone to give you a record deal. Right. So let me ask this question from one other angle. What would you say, looking back on your career, uh, not necessarily your highlight, but what are you most proud of? I guess being able to, to work in the music industry because um, my mom was really happy that she was able to say, you know, her kid is doing this. Um, and Mr. Jackson became very close to my mom and my yep. family. So, 
um, because my mom was very proud of me. Yep. And I, I, I was always all about making her happy. It didn't matter what I wanted to be. I just wanted to make her happy. Yep. And she was never demanding of anything. And so it wasn't like, oh, um, what some kids say, well, I had to please my mom because my mom was, you know, she was, she would have got angry. Not that it's not that way. It was, I just wanted to please her because she deserved it. Would you say that making your mom happy was perhaps your purpose? Yes. Mission? Good. Yes. Right now, I feel part of my mission is I want my kids to be proud of me, too. That's why I, I really want this writing to be successful. Yep. And it's not for the money. It's just so that my kids can be proud of me. Right. Um, last question here, Brenda. Uh, knowing what you know today, how would you advise your younger self? I would tell my younger self that um, I would ask my younger self, what do you want to be? And then I would make sure that my younger self stuck to it. And especially with ed education, because education has to do with my writing. And that's why my writing, I'm insecure with my writing, because I did not have that in school. Yep. Got yeah. it. Brenda Hartson, thank you very much. A really fantastic conversation. Well, see, I drank a Jamba Juice, and that's why you're getting all this talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Our Authentic Careers with me, your host, Gert Sabar. If you like what you just heard, I hope you'll let your family, friends, and colleagues know all about this little podcast. And since it's early days here at the OAC, your rating and especially your review of the show on iTunes would also be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. If you think you or someone you know would be a great guest, please, 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 please don't hesitate to reach out at ourauthenticcareers.com.